thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. We do pray your grace upon uh, the MPs today and upon the Conservative Party leadership. Uh, we do pray that the right person would be appointed as Prime Minister. Uh, and Father, we do pray that you'd help our, our nation right now. We're in a bit of a mess with uh, the dysfunctionality that's present throughout our government. And we pray that you would sort through it by your grace and your mercy uh, on, for the benefit of this whole nation. We do love you and praise you. And I pray that you'd accomplish all that you intend in and through this season of uncertainty and difficulty. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. We're looking at Proverbs uh, from 26. We'll read three verses and then one verse in 27, starting with verse 23. Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. And then 27 verse 19. As in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. And then we see what Jesus has to say about this in Luke, the sixth chapter. We'll start with verse 43. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good, and the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do not, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great." May God bless to us these readings from his holy word. One of the biggest issues, as I've talked to people around the world, and I've asked people, what are you looking for in a leader? What, what makes a good leader? One of the issues that comes up repeatedly, and it doesn't matter really what culture the person is from, the issue that comes up repeatedly is integrity. That's one of the qualities that... Everywhere I go, someone uh, says, a leader is somebody who has integrity. If I'm looking for somebody to be a leader, if I'm looking for somebody to trust as a leader, I want somebody that has integrity. But what does integrity mean? I mean, that is a bit of a struggle to understand what integrity is all about. And there's a number of ways to 
understand integrity. For some people, integrity means that you're honest. You tell the truth, and, and that's what integrity means. Uh, for other people, uh, it means that you keep your word, you know, and, and that's what integrity means. But I found, looking at this, that consistently what integrity really is, is a consistency between what is on the inside and what is on the outside. A consistency between what is on the inside and what is on the outside. Uh, and I'm talking about this in a positive term. Obviously, you can say that, well, an evil person might have evil on the inside, then if he does evil on the outside, does he have integrity? And, and I guess in a perverted sense, he does have integrity, but that's not the kind of integrity that we want in a leader. At least I, I think that that's the case. I don't see anybody saying, no, I want an evil leader doing evil things. So we, we don't want that. Uh, nobody would say that Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin really were great leaders or Mao were really great leaders based on the evil things that came out of their leadership. So when we're talking about integrity, we're talking about something good that's on the inside that is then consistent with the good that the person does on the outside. That there is a, there is a consistency here. Because we all recognize what Solomon was talking about there in Proverbs. He says, you know, like glaze on the earth and vessel are words that come out of an evil heart. We live in a world, especially now with politics, and we see this all around us, we live in a world where people can say all kinds of things and they're not even held accountable for what they say. It's easy to tell lies and not be held accountable for telling those lies. It's easy to be loose with the truth and not be held accountable. It's easy to give, speak your word on the one hand and then not keep your word on the other hand. And we're all wary of this, and it's very easy to manipulate an image and manipulate words and manipulate ideas and appearances so that something seems shiny, it seems wonderful, it seems nice, but... Actually, at the end of the day, it's nothing more than glaze on an earthen vessel. And you know, if you have an earthen vessel and it has all kinds of cracks in it and all kinds of faults in it, it doesn't matter how much glaze you put on top of it, eventually that earthen, earthen vessel will fall apart. Eventually, that earthen vessel will crack. And so we say, okay, how... How do we get over that? How do we see? What, what do we do? And Solomon goes on to tell us in, in the next chapter, he says, well, you know, just like you look in water and it will reflect your face, so also what you see on the outside reflects the heart of a person. To understand, to know integrity, we have to get to know the person. We have to see the person consistently over a period of time. It is not something that we can judge, especially today, very quickly at all. Sometimes it takes a long time for the pot to crack. Sometimes it takes a long time for the real heart to be exposed. And we have to be willing to watch and to wait and to observe knowing that eventually we will see. One of the things that Karen and I have done since we moved here almost 18 years ago, hard to believe uh, that we've lived in London for 18 years, but one, of the, one thing that's been true for us 
fairly continuously during that time is that we've had people living in our house. Uh, we'll have students that will be with us for a time, uh, volunteers we've had with us for a time, friends and others that, that have been with us for a time. Uh, we had some friends who were having work done on their house a couple of years ago, and they stayed with us for a month or so with their kids. And, uh, and so we've had this, and sometimes it can be a little trying and testing. Uh, sometimes it's really wonderful. But one of the things I like most about it is that people can see us in our unguarded moments at home as well as seeing us here at church. And we have a group of people who can testify to whether or not we are people of integrity. They can see us at, at, at home and they can know us in our, our faults, our failures, our foibles, uh, our quirks and all of those things. And they can decide whether there's consistency between what you see here and what you'd see in our house. And thankfully, the people that have stayed with us so far have seen a consistency. Even if they haven't really liked that consistency, at least they've seen the consistency uh, that is there because it's very important because the only way that we can discern integrity is to start seeing what's happening on the outside and whether or not it's a reflection of what's happening on the inside. And this is what Jesus is saying here. He starts talking here in this passage uh, and he says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Uh, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Jesus uses the metaphor of fruit in a number of different ways, by the way, uh, in the scripture. Uh, it's used, sometimes fruit is the deeds that you do, uh, the, the things that you do, that, that's your fruit. Uh, we'd say this, the fruit of our labor, you know, the outcomes that we achieve might be another way that we would talk about fruit. But in this case, Jesus, when he's talking about fruit, he's talking about the sum total of things that come out of us. So he's not just talking about your successes or your failures, you know, and that your successes are good fruit and your failures are bad fruit. That's not what he means at all. He's talking about the overall produce of your life. What is coming out of you? What is there? Because, he says, you will know a tree by its fruit. You will know somebody, you will know who they are, you'll get to know if they're people of integrity by seeing what comes out of their life. Because everybody can do good occasionally. But you cannot consistently produce good if there's not something good on the inside. In the same way, we all mess up. Now, I mess up, every single leader will make mistakes. Every single leader will do things sometimes completely out of character. Every leader will say things that they regret instantly. This happens for all of us from time to time. The key is not whether or not it happens. The key is what happens after that. Is it consistently that way or is it a one-off? I mean, I used to have a cherry tree in my uh, back garden growing up back in the States. I love cherries, love sour cherries. And every year we'd have, you know, hundreds of maybe thousands of cherries on this cherry tree. And uh, most of them were good. Some of them were really sour, really tart. Uh, but occasionally you get a rotten one. Occasionally you get one that the bird picked out a little bit. And, uh, you know, it just reminds you of the old saying, you know, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? 
finding half a worm in your apple. You know, that's a, and so occasionally you get a rotten one, but overall the tree was good because the fruit came out good. And so this is what Jesus is saying. You know, you might get a, a rotten apple every now and then. You might find a worm in there or something the birds have picked out a little bit. You might have a cherry that, you know, it just doesn't mature. But consistently, you'll know what kind of tree it is. You'll know what kind of person they are by what is consistently coming out of their lives. What is being produced, by the way, not only in their public life as a leader, but also in their personal life as a leader. And we need to look at both, realizing that we don't know the whole story in either, in either case. But over time, if we observe, if we look, we can begin to discern the kind of leader that we want to follow, because the kind of leader that we want to follow is a leader that is producing good fruit. The outflow of their life reflects the good stuff in their heart. And Jesus says, eventually this will always be true. Somebody who has good in their, in their core being, that good cannot help but flow into the outward person in terms of what they do and what they say, how they live their lives. And somebody who has evil in their hearts, has wickedness in their hearts, that cannot help but flow out. You cannot keep it hidden indefinitely. And we've seen this. We've seen this in scandals all over the world from people like Harvey Weinstein uh, to an, any number of pastors who have fallen because of sin. You can see this if you observe it, if you watch it. You can know. And that's what Jesus is challenging us. And Jesus says, furthermore, if you want to know then the leader that has integrity, the kind of leader that you could follow, the kind of leader that you should follow, then, look at verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? In other words, the leader that you should follow is the one who is obeying what God says. Now what we often do in, in our quest for leaders, what we often do, we look for the person that does what we say. We have this mistaken notion that somehow our parliamentary democracy is something where we tell our members of parliament how to vote and then they vote like we tell them to. There's a common mistake made in the United States as well. It probably made more in the United States than here where people will assume that their, that their senator or the member of the House of Representatives, uh, roughly equivalent to the House of Lords and the, and the uh, 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 House of Commons, that they exist to do what we tell them. We have elected you to do what we tell you to do. And actually, that's not true. We elect them to govern righteously. We elect them to do what is best for the nation, for all of us together, not for me individually. And that's true here in Parliament. Unfortunately, though, in recent years, we've more and more polarized our democracy. We've polarized our government, and we've created this dynamic of people competing with one another to force the members to do what they say. And that's why we've got such a mess around Brexit. 
because we have half the country who says, well, we've got a slight majority that says we need to get out of the EU, and that includes you know, people across the political spectrum, and then half the country says, no, we have to stay in, and, and then all of them are saying to their representatives, you have to do what we want you to do. And it creates this kind of stalemate there. And Jesus, when he's speaking here, effectively, he is overturning that. And he's saying, really, if you have a leader, you want the leader to do what is right in God's eyes. You want the leader to be somebody, whether or not they know God, who is leading in God's way according to God's righteousness. Well, in a sense, although we would love every member of parliament to be an evangelical Christian who is deeply in love with Jesus and, and are leading their lives, uh, living their lives in, a, in accordance with that. What we really want are people who are listening to God, whether or not they realize it's the voice of God, and acting in ways that are righteous and have integrity according to what God wants. In one sense, if you want to do a bit of a post-mortem around Theresa May's time as Prime Minister, she got caught up trying to do what she thought the people had said she should do, i.e. Brexit, and didn't spend enough time saying, God, what do you want, what do you want me to do? And so Jesus says that, you know, if you really want to have something that's built on the rock, if you really want to have something that has a solid foundation so that when the floods come, when the difficulties come, when the challenges, is, challenges come, you need to have somebody who is willing to take the difficult decision and follow God, even if following God is not the popular option. In the same way, we all want leaders who will out of the goodness that's in their heart, in their inner being, take decisions that are righteous and holy decisions, even if they're decisions that we're not partial to ourselves, even if they're decisions that we're not favorable to. That also is a sign of integrity. The person of integrity doesn't blow whichever way the wind is blowing, doesn't allow themselves to be swept away by the flood of popular opinion, the flood of Twitter tweets that they get, the flood of Instagram messages, the flood of Facebook, the flood of anything else, they are people who dig down deep and say, I am going to do what is righteous and what is holy and what is true no matter what. And we hope that person is a person who has good on their inside. This changes and challenges our modern notion of leadership. But it's the kind of leadership that Jesus showed. Even when the popular opinion was completely against him, even when it crucified him, he was willing to do what was right, to follow the will of God. And because of that, we all have life in him. Let us pray that we get these kinds of leaders in our parliament, in our churches, in our businesses, in our world today. Father God, thank you. Thank you for giving us a vision of leadership. Thank you for challenging our notions of leadership. I pray, Father God, that you would raise up leaders in this nation, in the marketplace, 
in the government, in the churches, who are men and women of integrity, who have goodness at the core of their being and are willing to make the tough decisions in accordance with that goodness, who produce good fruit coming out of a good heart. Have mercy on us and give us the leaders that we do not deserve and we have not earned. And Lord, if we are leaders, help us to be that kind of leader ourselves. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.